you're a mom who loves herself as much as she loves her kids, or wants to remember how to, you are my people. This is your place. There's a reason that you found this podcast, and I can't wait to connect with you. My name is Jill, and I'm an entrepreneur turned life coach who helps moms transform their lives and up-level into the woman that they know they are, that they once were, and that they want to be again. My secret sauce is taking traditional development tools and curating them into a format that actually works for working moms. No BS. You'll hear from both myself and some rockstar guests. We chat about everything from mom guilt to manifestation, female empowerment to productivity, from habits to goal setting, and we do it all in 30 minutes or less because you're busy. So if you're ready to live into your potential, learn and grow with a sassy, sometimes sweary friend who tells it like it is, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Grow Like a Mother podcast. I don't know about you, but it's felt like the holidays have really snuck up on me this year and I always like to take some time to remember to slow down, but it feels impossible. Like I was saying to my best friend the other day, like, how is it busier than summer? I always expect after summer is done to have a bit of a slowdown. And that really honestly has not happened this year. So if you are in the same place and feeling like you might like a slower holiday season this year, I have just the episode for you. This is actually a replay from a conversation I had with parenting expert Jamie Glowacki. Um, I aired it last year around this time, and I found it really helpful. Lots of super good tips on boundaries and how to set yourself up for some self-care during the holidays. And I mean, if you know me, you know Jamie is like a goddess, and uh, and I just I always learn so much from her. So I'm so happy to replay and reshare this episode for you. I know that there are a ton of new listeners to the podcast. You might not have had a chance to go back to some of the older episodes. Uh, and P.S. If that is you, you absolutely should. There's some gold back there. The podcast has been running for almost two years now, and I mean, there's there's not a single episode that I don't re-listen to and think like, yeah, yeah. You know, I learned something from each one. And um, so go back and see if there's anything that's interesting to you. Um, We cover all the topics. And by the way, if you're on Spotify, leave me a comment and let me know what kind of topics you want to hear from. There's this awesome sort of question and answer uh, chat kind of feature. You can leave comments on um, Spotify. So do that or send me a a DM or something. If you follow me on Instagram, it's of course, grow like a mother or on Facebook, just send me a note and um, let me know what you want to hear about because this podcast is for you. And I want to make sure that I'm creating content that's helpful and um, on point and timely and different than advice you hear from anyone else. So hit me up, let me know. But in the meantime, please enjoy this wonderful conversation that I had with Jamie. And I hope that it um, takes away a little bit of the stress and chaos of the holiday season. Oh my gosh, before we get into the episode though, I just want to tell you my book is available for pre-sale on amazon.com, amazon.ca, Amazon in the UK, all the Amazons. And also if you're in the States, Barnes and Noble, uh, I am so excited that this is a thing. I didn't know that pre-sale was like a, a thing that would happen. And 
it's so helpful for the book to get sales before launch day. Um, if anyone's interested or if you're part of the launch team and you um, are going to be buying a book anyways, go ahead and, and do your pre-order now. Um, check it out. Share it with share it with your network. I would absolutely love to get this book into as many hands as possible. Um, and it'll just automatically ship to you as soon as the launch date comes. So please feel free to check it out. I wrote this book for you. And honestly, it's right in time for the holidays. So if it's something you want to put on your list, or if it's something you want to gift to your best friend, your sister, your mom, your teachers, your uh, graduating high school student, whoever, this book guys. I'm so proud of it and I know you're going to love it. So thank you for your support. It's been honestly incredible and I'm so just grateful at at the community that this is. So check it out. Happy, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise by Jill Wright. Look it up on wherever you buy books. If you're a Chapters Indigo gal like I am, I'm working on that, but it's going to take a little bit of time. So for now, Amazon and Barnes & Noble are your places. Um, thank you. Thank you. Now here's the episode. Well, welcome, Jamie, to the Grow Like a Mother podcast. I am so, so happy to have you here, and uh, I'm really honored that you're taking the time to sit with us today and chat about boundaries and self-care leading into the holidays. So Welcome. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, let me just say, you guys, I have a cold. So if I have to cough, I have to cough. Um, and then I got to tell you, so on Instagram, I forget that you're a girl like a mother. I don't know why. Like, I can't make the connection. Yeah, yeah. To and every time I see your handle on Instagram, I'm like, that's such a great name. And I forget it's you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it's me. I... And... <laughs> Oh my God. Sometimes my brain just doesn't connect the dots. Like Instagram is its own world and, and nothing else exists outside. <laughs> I know. So true. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, I think we can all get sucked into Instagram so much too, in terms of like not realizing that the people behind there are, are real people. And um, so that always surprises or me too. Or not like, or, not. or just trolls. Right. And so, but Hey, let's jump into Instagram for self-care. Oh my God. Yes. And the phone. All right. So, all right, you guys, like I, you may not know my work, my body of work, but I might be the only pro tech parenting expert out there. I'm like, give them the iPad, whatever, right? <laughs> whatever keeps us sane, you know? Um, I generally attract a conscious crowd. So I don't think it's like mindless in anybody's, in anybody's world. But I was reading, I'm constantly looking at my own habits, you know, and the phone is just so freaking addictive. So I was reading this thing about, you know, somebody trying to minimize their phone use. And if you put your phone on gray scale, have you heard this? No. You can watch the joy leave your phone. Like it becomes a newspaper. It's not, first of all, you can't find your apps because you have no idea how acclimated to color you've gotten. And Instagram just becomes a newspaper and it is wildly uninteresting. So that is amazing. Isn't that? Yeah. And so you just don't pick it up as much. Um, yeah. And, and so I do that occasionally. And now I also have like freedom, which is a app blocker. So I use that too, for like chunks at a time, because if I swear off, like, so I left Facebook, right. Because it was such a 
I don't know, Dragon's Lair. And so I only have Instagram. I was never on Instagram. Of course, now I'm on Instagram. And if I force myself not to use Instagram, I'll go clean out my email. But I just want to be scrolling on that device. It doesn't matter what it is. It's like I'm addicted to the scroll. So Mm -hmm. anyway, that is one thing I have found, especially leading up to the holidays, because like logically, we know everybody's putting their best out there. Right. But it still goes in. It still goes in that you might be missing something or this one's a better mom because this one did all these things. They got their shopping done by, you know, the day after Thanksgiving or whatever. And you're like, shit, I'm such a loser. And so it does nothing for us. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so true. And I think that it's not only it's not only us comparing to other moms, but sometimes it can even be like the kids comparing to the other kids parents if the kids are old enough to be on social or the other kids experiences but even at school like I've got one in daycare and one in kindergarten and the three-year-old in daycare she's coming home she's like mommy we don't have any Christmas decorations I'm like girl it's not even December like of course I have them right Right. so we're getting this pressure from all over the place which is hilarious oh it's not there's another thing on social media that's driving me crazy lately which is the opposite end which is showing like the utter mess and chaos, which I appreciate, but also there's a bit of like, yeah, it sucks to be a mom and yeah, kids are snotty, nose entitled. And it's like, Ooh, I don't want to go to that end of the spectrum. I like, I don't want to get caught in that cesspool. I got, I got plenty of that going on in my head. <laughs> no kidding. Right. We've, we've already got all the guilt happening, so we don't need to pile it on in any right? way. We've got to find that happy medium. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh man. And I find that personally, like as I'm starting to think about the holidays, the hardest part for me is scheduling the families because I'm separated from my kid's dad. And so we've got his family to attend to, which they're, you know, two separate grandparents. And then on my side, it's also two separate. So there's four families and now the parents aren't together and it's all this chaos of scheduling. And that is where I'm really feeling the pressure and needing to create the boundaries for me this season. Sometimes it's around spending and sometimes it's around whatever gift giving this year yeah. for me it's yeah. about like family time I need to really focus on how I'm setting up those boundaries yeah are you friendly with your ex oh yeah yeah like we're doing Christmas morning together with the kids so okay, okay. that's all cool um but just putting sort of limits on ah, this is your day but my parents really wanted to schedule their dinner on this day can I have the kids or whatever or being conscious of for these little guys going to one dinner after the next dinner after the next yes. brunch. And that's crazy. Cause like, we all know that they're going to, the first one will be great. And the fourth yeah. one, they're going to be muddly puddles on the ground. Right. Yeah. I, you know, growing up, like we, my parents had a contentious divorce, but like looking back, I liked what we just really claimed certain things. Like my dad had Christmas Eve period. You know, and so any money on his side had to make do that it was Christmas Eve, period. And then my mom, we were with my mom and her family on Christmas Day, you know, and so we had these like real strict, you know, and after we got out of my father's at Christmas Eve, we'd go find my mother wherever she was, you know, this we were older, of course, but I think um, like that was helpful. But I just released a podcast on like 12 ways to get through the holidays with kids mm-hmm. like thrive. And one thing I said is even um, early on, you know, it may be um, maybe a little too late 
when this is released, but look at the schedule, like way ahead of, you got to look at school. What are the pageants? What are the concerts? What's for sale? When's dress up day? When's elf day? When are we going to watch the Christmas movies? When are the dinners, you know? Cause then you can, then I think then you have a better, I'm a planner. Jill, I have three, I have three calendars. Like I'm a nutbag, but I like to, you know, color code things. And I'm like, okay, I can't, we really, I don't think we were meant to be like this crazy social along with social media. And so when I started homeschooling my son, I realized, God, we need a day of recovery like every other day. Like great outing with friends, great outing to the children's museum, aquarium, whatever. I need to rest the next day or stay home and clean house and garden or do, you know, do the household chores. And so that's how I'm looking at the holiday too, is like just plotting it out so that I can say, you know what? I can't do that dinner. I'm sorry. The kids are exhausted. They had two things this week. You know, we'll catch you next year. We'll catch you on Sunday, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that. I'm a big proponent of uh, weekly planning, but also like doing a bulk month plan, having yeah. first looking at that and then scheduling in your weeks and then being really flexible with your time within the week. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really great visual for those of us who are visual too, because a lot of moms will have like that big calendar on the wall, right? The families activities right. and just looking at that visually can be super overwhelming a lot of times so yeah. having you know having a few blank days or blank times or rest periods put in there and especially like scheduling rest is something that I harp on a lot like you gotta you gotta take that time or else you're not going to be any good to anybody Right. Right. And we have to fight for it. Like you have to actively fight for it because it's like, I swear to God, this is how I think of kids in nutrition. I always say, listen, just focus on fat and protein. Carbohydrates are going to fill in. You do not have to worry about carbohydrates in childhood. Like they're, they're going to get plenty of that. And that's how I feel about rest time is like, you got to be brutal. Cause don't worry. The world's going to take your time like all the time <laughs> that's going to fill in. Yeah. That's wild. All the things that we're so used to just saying yes to without even like thinking about whether we want to do it, like the pageant and the bake sale and the pajama day and like all the little parties and especially now all the kid parties, let alone like we're back to work. Our employers are having holiday parties and like, do yeah. you want to go? And do you have to go to your best friend's mom's wire thing or whatever? Right. So really getting conscious of what do you want to yep. do? And I think those events are tricky, especially in the holidays, because like the school stuff sneaks up on you. You know, we homeschool now, but I remember I'm still traumatized from his one year in kindergarten because I was like, holy crap, this stuff like it's just a lot. And then, it, you know, at the time they could bring candy into school for events. You know, I think a lot of schools don't do that anymore. But there's the the added sugar, the excitement, or even if it's dress up day, you know, or whatever, those still count as like big days to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And especially to the little guys. Right. And then it, even if it doesn't feel like a big day to you, it's silly hair day. Your kid, your kid could have had this huge, like emotional day and they held it all together. And then it, it's your problem when they get home. So you need to make sure you're ready for that. Right. Wait, we know like the after school restraint collapse. It's like the <sighs> after event restraint collapse. <laughs> well, and it's so funny because I get that Wednesday so I pick up my kids on Wednesday we sort of split the week and every Wednesday my little daughter she's so sweet she just her eyes filled with tears when she sees me and you like I just get this biggest like emotional release and it's the same every week like we're not changing schedule here like I see you every three days all is well but oh my gosh she still gets that huge emotional release and I think yeah. we're gonna see a lot more of that moving into the holidays from our kids and to sort of set ourselves up to expect that and keep them safe with boundaries around that too. Yes. And I, one of my tips was um, 
leave on a high note. So, so many of my clients do this. They like wait. Their cue to leave is the child starting to melt down. And then you have this horrific memory. And here's the deal. I harp on this on my podcast all the time. You don't get to create the memories in your child's head. You can bust an ass to get yourself to Disney every year. But if you're a stress basket the rest of the year, your kids aren't going to remember Disney. They're going to remember the stress mom. So you got to like, you have to remember that, you know? And so if you leave on Christmas Eve with your kid in a freaking puddle, like, that could potentially be the memory that's created, not all the other stuff you went out of your way to do, you know? And so I'm like, leave on a high note because then you have, you're so successful. Everybody gets out of the house without crying. You get home, you get in bed. And then, um, you know, but too many people just wait, they wait too long. And then I tell parents, but also make a conscious decision. If you don't want to leave, your kid's having a blast with their cousins. You're having some weight clear. You're like, nah, this is the best night ever. Stay, but take the next day off. <laughs> like, no, you know, like if you're going to do this on Thanksgiving, don't go shopping the next day or try to put up your Christmas tree the next day, you know? Yes, yes, <laughs> so true. And you just said something that made me think of like a years ago podcast episode that you did about not making childhood magical for your mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's just sort of like coming back to me now and that like we put all this pressure on ourselves to to give our kids this sort of magical experience that we think is going to be so memorable and important for them. And it's like, do we need to do that to ourselves? Right. right. Can you speak to right. that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I think one of the things I, so I have a personal vendetta against Disney. Don't hate me. I just, I hate that where memories are made because it really blindsided us into thinking we make the memories. Yeah. And so we don't, like I just said, and most often, if you think back to your own childhood, it's never the big things. It's always like, I remember when my grandmother showed me her secret meatball recipe or how to slice garlic or like, it's always, and they're almost always kitchen memories. I swear, like so much is made in the kitchen. Um, But we do, we go out of our way Um, A lot of it, too, is that like we separate childhood from adulthood and we make it this thing. And I I mean, I could go off on a huge tangent. There wasn't the word teenager wasn't even around prior to 1935 when children started to separate. Compulsory schooling came into play. um, Kids started to drive. Cars became mass market. And so then kids started to individuate away from their families. And, And then we had a word for adolescent and teenager. Other than that, you were a young adult. That was it, period. Um. And so uh, what and, um, I got sidetracked because I just started watching Game of Thrones finally. And like, whoa, like they're like the 13 year olds are getting married. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, not that. <laughs> um, but one of the things we do is segregate. We think magical childhood is so magical. So we don't teach kids like life skills. And we do think that there's going to be some magical age. Well, when they're in second grade, they'll know how to learn. They'll know how to use a knife or they'll know how to walk to school by themselves when they're in fourth grade. And it's not necessarily like we have to train them for these things. And so I don't think we should be segregating childhood as this like super magical time where they don't have to do anything and everything's great because it's unrealistic. And then they're not going to be learning the skills they need, you know, in a, in a, like a pyramid fashion, you know, you got to build this foundation and then they can stack on top of that. But yeah, I just find so many people just going out of their way to, again, something like I use Disney, but it could be anything because a Disney vacation is expensive. And so, you know, if you've got the money and it's all, but it's not a right of childhood. Like I hear people online, like I should get this vacation. And I'm like, not if you can't afford it, you, you know what I mean? And so like Disney's not a, an, a, a birthright. <laughs> and 
And so parents are like, you know, going into debt to create these things. And sometimes the kids, they, they don't really remember, you know, like I, I always say, save them money. I give this example. My son was three and he loved garbage trucks. So I like call the garbage company to see if they could like do a drive by. Like I put some mattresses out or something, you know, and they didn't do that. So then I said, oh, I know some people take their kids to the firehouse, but that sounded awful. So I called the fire department and I said, hey, can you just drive by and like let off the siren? And they were like, no, we come to parties. We have goodie bags. I was like, what? All right. So they come. So then my friend owned an ambulance company. So I said, what the hell? I'll call him. Call him. He said, yeah, I'll have an ambulance there. 12 o'clock. Then I was like, all right, let me call the police department. They were like, yeah, absolutely. We'll be at. I had three emergency vehicles at his party. They stayed for the whole party. My son does not remember one single thing. He was three. He's like, oh, I remember the pictures. <laughs> so, like, that's a to Disney when they're three. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I think the same thing goes for like, you don't need to get them all the gifts. Like you don't need to stress yourself out about the perfect yes. gift and like having the certain number or value in your head or like equal between kids or all these things that we we put on ourselves as these sort of like yes. must do's. That's crazy making, right? Like I think there's so much, and listen, I know there's like Pinterest moms. There are moms who love a themed birthday party. There are people for whom this is your wheelhouse. Have at it. If this is what you love to do and it brings you joy and you can do it effortlessly without being stressed, girl, go. I am not that person. And so one of the things we, well, first of all, Pascal and I moved to a 600 square foot stone cottage in the middle of the woods in August of 2020. So minimalist is is to the to the point. But we, I scaled back everything and we picked 10 of our favorite Christmas tree decorations and just mm. 10. And then we did orange, um, dehydrated orange and cranberry and um, popcorn garland. And every night we'd watch a movie and just work on the garland. So it kind of never got done. And, you know, it's like an all, all holiday thing going. Um, we made our gifts $5. There was no limit, but they had to be $5 gifts. Um, and those have been the best Christmases we ever had because mm -hmm. they were just quiet and lovely. And we had, we just like settled into the season. And in the past, I'm very guilty. I grew up very, very poor. So I, there were not a lot of presents under the Christmas tree. And so like, I always talked a good game, like wooden Montessori toys, all these like super carefully curated toys under the, the tree. And then literally a week before Christmas, my trauma response alarm would go off and I'd be like, there needs to be more presents. And I would go buy shit, like mm -hmm. shit, shit, shit. <laughs> Just when I wanted like, but I had to start like really dealing with that's my response from a, po a poverty standpoint. My child wants for nothing anymore. Like we can create richness in all these other ways. <laughs> but yes. I think that's part of it too, is recognizing our own our own trauma, like what we're trying to redo, what we're trying to remake for our kids, because that always gets us into trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we need an accountability partner to be like, okay, do not go into the store. It is the 23rd, like you are done. You are done, done, done. Call me if you if you find yourself driving to the mall, like enough. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I was just talking this morning actually about how for the kids, um, this kind of ties two things that we've been talking about together in terms of like, giving them a bit more responsibility and not just like, Oh, the magic of childhood, but also not going crazy on Christmas. I take my kids to the dollar store and I ha say, have at it. You are buying your own gifts for dad. You are buying your own oh. gifts for grandma. Right. And so they feel, and they have their own money from like their, you know, chores. Or yeah, yeah. Cause you know, they're three and five, but they've got 
responsibilities around the house. And now I'm teaching them the money thing too, and the spending, mm-hmm. but they feel like, oh my gosh, I can, I can get the gifts. It's from me. They pick them out, but we're not going crazy. You know, it's right. these one or $2 things. And it's the memory that for the grandparents or the da- or dad or whoever they're buying for. Right. And that's yeah. their favorite part of the holidays is going shopping at the dollar yeah. store. Well, isn't that, I don't know if they have it yet at their school, but their schools usually do something like that. They have mm. a, like a cheap debt, like a bazaar yeah. and the kids can go in with like $3 and pick stuff for the exactly. family. Yeah. So awesome. Or making cards, you know, like, and what an activity too. Like if you just need some chill time to get something done around the house, like go grab some white printer paper and like a couple of markers and have your kids make cards for their friends. And then you can drive them around and look at Christmas lights or like whatever. Yeah doesn't need to be crazy you know yeah I like that too I like just finding new traditions and simpler traditions you know not necessarily having to go see a show or um you know always out doing that yeah just ride you know a thermos full of hot chocolate going out to look at the lights or whatever it is a, a sunset walk or maybe grab headlamps and walk in the dark oh my god how yeah. how fun is that you know yeah totally and another thing I really like to do is like in terms of trying to cut down the stress for mom, because it's somehow always, I mean, I'm not going to say always, but for the most part in the people that I know, most of the Christmas like cleanup and stuff like that, that falls on mom, you know, yeah. and everyone goes after the like crazy gift opening 10 minutes, everyone goes off and, you know, rests or sleeps or plays with their toys and mom's cleaning up. And that's always yep. a stressful part that I never really look forward to. And so I decided what I'm doing this year is I'm going to get the kids involved in the cleanup because they're used to cleaning up their stuff like day to day anyways. So just kind of putting that in the mix to take some pressure off of yourself so that it can get done quicker. And then you can have those few minutes to decompress after the crazy too, right? Like just working in self-care doesn't have to take an hour or a day. Like it can just be pockets of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And then there was something we were just talking about. I, I think about it. Oh, the memories. So one of the things we have to remember too about our kids is that where we are not just carving memories, but we're carving patterns of behavior. And so if your child consistently watches mom clean up after dinner, your child's going to expect that in a relationship. Your child's going to be like, this is how houses work. And that's why I'm so big on, um, I'm, not that I'm big on divorce, but I'm big on getting out of unhappy marriages because your child is seeing how a relationship works. And like, if you go nuts with presents, your child's going to expect that of their family, their spouses. And then you get into, because I have all my friends in my ears right now uh, calling all the time because of the family gift giving dynamics that are super jacked, you know, like just everybody's got their own patterns of, of gift giving. And so yeah, remember that that that's what you're carving too is that memory, that pattern of behavior. And you don't want your kid thinking their wife, you know, you don't want your son thinking their wife should be cleaning up all the time and uh, or you know, your husband should make sure that there's 80 presents under the tree for every kid, you know? Like it's uh it's tricky, but yeah. It is. It's so tricky and to not sort of future project like you say sometimes, right? And and like, "Oh my god, I'm doing this thing." And so, you know, my future, the future version of my kid is going to be like this. And, and it, it can take over oh, your brain. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Right? I didn't mean, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I always laugh because I say, I call it future tripping. Yeah. And I, what I say on my podcast is like, my son will, you know how, well, you don't have a teenager yet, but he'll walk, walk like right over the dirty clothes or right over the piece of trash on the floor. 
And like, I go, I'm not even kidding. I go right to his wife yelling at me because they're getting a divorce because I never taught him how to put his clothes in the laundry basket. Like, that's how fast my mind goes. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, James, chill out for yeah. a minute. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't, it's not going to be exactly like that, but you do want to look at patterns of behavior because yeah. those are the unconscious things that do, you know, do yeah. go in. The modeling is huge and it's like, and so when I, I'm just going to take a, a quick tangent here um, and, you know, blow wind up your skirt for a few minutes because I found you right as I had, so my, my eldest was two and my youngest was just born and I found you and I found your podcast and I ended up like binging podcast after podcast after podcast. And so I've I got, I didn't even know what conscious parenting was. And all of a sudden I'm in it and I got in your, your potty training book. And then I got your um, toddler book and I was just, it was all this world. And it just, it sort of opened my eyes to all of the, all the stuff. Hmm, how can I say this? The idea of conscious parenting in general, that we should actually pay attention to what we're doing. And it's not just like fly by the seat of your pants, you know? And so, so many things that I do day to day that I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly where that came from or where this thought came from. And it's all from you. So thank you for all that because (laughs) I, I'm doing, yeah, I, I put a lot of effort into it and um, you can see how amazing the kids are. And I'm not taking credit for that by any means, but I do see a lot of positive things that have come out of the information that you provide. So I just want to thank you and honor you for that. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. And I want to just make sure that everyone listening knows where to find you. Cause I'm always singing your praises. And I saw your book in the cubby at the the daycare the other day, oh, I didn't remember which book it was, but I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Jane. Um, how can people find you? Where are you hanging out these days? You're like, I know her. Right, yeah, um, that's my girl. Uh, my, well, my podcast is Oh Crap Potty Training. I have the Potty Training Podcast now, I which saw, is fairly yeah. new. Yeah, and then I have um, Oh Crap. So it's Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. But um, we, I just... I found out I was in the 1% of podcasts uh, uh, ever. And so like I have this ad deal with Spotify. And so I'm changing it to Oh Crap Parenting just because also I have so many people who have been following me for a long time and now they're six, seven, eight. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm trying to give broader information, not just toddler stuff, Um, especially, you know, it's so funny because now with Instagram and all these things, like we have these influencers who have like 18 month olds and they're giving parenting advice. And you're like, yeah, that is good advice that you're given, but I'm going to need some proof. Like, right. can we, you know, and so I have a 16 and a half year old. So I feel like yeah. I got the proof, you know, like I've been there yeah. and, and, and like, he turned out great. So, oh my God, he's amazing. And so, um, so yeah, so I think I'm like, okay, I got, I got some good stuff now for <laughs> teen and preteen. Um, yeah. And that's mostly where I am. I'm on Instagram, but really it's, it's about podcasts because like that way you can always just, Anytime people have questions, I do Q and A's and it's like, it's a better aggregated place of information. Like the, the algorithm, you just never know if you're seeing everybody's stuff unless you go right to their page and um, yeah. Love it. And so, Oh Crap Parenting, that might be the title when this comes out or it might still be, are you going to have the yeah. two or is the potty training going to be? No, like- I have two. Yeah. Cool. We were thinking of combining them, but uh, who wants a potty training like yeah. if you got a six-year-old, you're, yeah. you're like, oh, she released a potty training episode. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you got to segregate those people. I love it. Yeah. And I think too, when, you know, you remember potty training. It's like, oh, you're gosh. in the thick of pee and poo. Like you don't want to sift through information. Like I really try to make them like, 
the one where the kid won't sit so that like the information is like really, really easy. Yeah. I love that. Oh, and you know, what's so funny just as another tangent, because I mean, I will let you, I promise. I had a, a girlfriend whose kid is, it's only, uh, yeah, we're close. Yeah. I'm going to let you go soon. Oh, but yeah, I, I don't tell know you what to say. Time. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> My, I have a girlfriend whose uh, kid is turning uh, three in January and they were over here in the summer. So she's two and a half and she's doing her best. And the first one potty trained, no problem. And this one, she's having a really hard time with it. And she's like, she just won't sit. And she was doing all the poop stuff. And I'm like, I don't know how many times I can tell you about Jamie. Like, I'm not sure how many more times I can say her name and like send you the links. Like, girl, you, you got to just do it. But when her kid came over, I'm like, oh, let me do the potty. Let me let me take her maybe a different person or whatever. And just like a different trick or two. And she's like, she poops on the toilet. I'm like, well, bring her back anytime. Have her yeah. poop on my toilet. You know, like there's different. You got to sort of like go out of your comfort zone a little bit and listen to advice. Yes. And I don't know. Yeah, and you do. And sometimes you have to recognize that when you're in the thick of it, you're too intense, you know, and sometimes you like I I, when I do in home potty trainings, I die laugh. I can potty train your kid in six hours. I don't care. Right. I mean, I care because it's my job, but I I don't have the emotion. It doesn't make me a bad parent. If not, you know, like we we get so hard on ourselves. That's my biggest advice. And whenever I'm I'm on somebody's podcast and they always ask me like the last thing to say about potty training, I was like, it's not a measurement of your parenting. Some kids struggle. And this, I think the biggest thing is at this age, it's the first time you really get met with like a learning struggle. So it feels like a slap in the face. And I'm like, I hate to break it to do, but your kid might be dyslexic. Your kid is going to suck at something. Maybe they're going to be great at math and maybe they're going to fail English. Maybe they're not going to like gym. Like if they're going to be bad at something, you just haven't been like up until they're two, you're like, they're so great. Like everything they do is wonderful. And then you're like, oh wait, my kid's going to suck at something. Right. Yeah. So I think it just is such a personal affront to us when a kid struggles. It's like, well, they must not be ready. It's right. gotta be something else. <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. It's not them and it's not me. It's just whatever the case, it's the full moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I did want to say more about the holidays, you because I um as a 54-year-old woman, I feel like I'm many people's elders in this space. (laughs) And so um one thing, oh my god, it just started to snow. Oh, we have snow here in Ottawa too. Oh, you're in Ottawa. Yeah. You have snow all the time. (laughs) Um I, this is a premise that I'm working on my 16 year old son about consent and it goes for everything, which is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no period. Mm -hmm. And so anytime, and you know, we go over this with consent. If there's a pause, if there's an, I don't know, then that's a no, because that's not a hell yes. And I feel like this with the holidays, especially as we start getting stretched thin is I really just use my personal gauge and I know there are obligations, but I'm here to tell you, no one's going to die. Like I have done the most offensive anti-obligation things, including my sister coming into town last year. And I, when I found that out, we have a lot of drama. I booked a ticket to Nashville to go see my cousin. And it was the best thing. We spent, the Chris, we spent Christmas in Nashville. So if it feels wrong, if there's toxicity, and I don't say that lightly, I've been through years and years of therapy. My sister and I will never, never get through our stuff in this lifetime. Um, and I don't say it lightly, but the relationship is toxic to me. And so, I have every right to pull out of that. And I don't like to say people are toxic because usually it's the relationship with that person that's toxic. And so that I just decided to say no to things and it can change. One year I said no to this party. That's a family party that I just don't have fun. Everybody gets super drunk, 
early and it's just a mess. And I was like, I just don't feel like going. I said I had a cold, no big deal. And then, you know, and then the next year I, I really felt like seeing everybody and I went. So it, it can be fluid, but you can say no. And I want to go, I want to get to a place where all of us as women can just say no. But if we have to do a white lie to start holding boundaries, I think that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, it takes big practice to get comfortable saying no and holding boundaries. And that's something that I struggle with. And it's the same on like the other front, instead of saying no, like asking for what you want or asking for the help, mm -hmm. like it's hard to do. And I have so many, um, you know, so many people in my world who are like, I just, I have so much trouble with confrontation or it makes me feel uncomfortable to say no or to ask for something. And I always say like, you just, you have to practice it. You can start yes. small, but like it gets easier. It's you it, sort of give and yourself. Let me tell you something. Here's my new thing, Joe. It's all trauma response. When yeah. I read, and it might have been the holistic psychologist who I follow online, I love her, Nicole LaPera. Um, I read like a meme and it said, Oh, just so you know, ultra independence is a trauma response. And it was like, <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> of course it is. Cause I'm like, uh, and you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. And also I'm that mom, like we were talking about like the bake sales, the parties, the pageant. It took me a really long time to not join the board, whatever mm -hmm. board it is. Cause I'm going to join the board. Mm -hmm. You know why? Cause I know how to do things effectively. And so people like want me on all the things, you know, and I am also like, Oh my God, I can make so much more money for you guys on this bake sale. If you would just put everything in an Excel sheet or something. And they're like, Hey, let's get Jamie. And pretty soon I'm doing everybody's taxes. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, um, it's if you're that person, you have to be especially guarded, I think, and say like, no, yeah. no, 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 you know, and let some systems be a mess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And just know that it's not always going to be a mess, but it might just be a mess now. And that's okay. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's always yep. cyclical. saying no. And, and whatever you're, we were just dissecting this on a podcast the other day where it's not setting the boundaries, not hard. It's because you've tried to set a boundary in the past and been met with somebody who was like narcissistic or somebody who wouldn't hold your boundary. So you got the lesson that like, I can't stick up for myself. Everybody naturally sticks up for themselves. Look at any two-year-old or three-year-old, right? But somehow it is a trauma response because it got crushed in us. You stood up for yourself and you were made fun of, shut down, maybe even physically hurt. Like there's all these things. So you that's where you have to do your work and say, why is it hard for, for me to do confrontation? What am I afraid of? And we practice on what I've been learning is if we practice on our really close friends, if we look at our friendships that take similar work to our relationships, our physical relationships, right? Like I'll tell my friends, I'm like, I'm practicing this thing. It's going to come awkward. It's going to come out awkward. I'm going to cry, but I'm really practicing standing up for myself. And all my friends know right now I'm going through this. I'm trying to be so authentic that I'm a little bit of a bull in a China shop because I'm like being a little too harsh. You know right. what I mean? Like you don't have to say everything that's on your mind, you know, to be authentic. So, but my friends are having grace with me because they know that I'm practicing. And so you're going to overshoot. You're going to have two stringent boundaries. You're not going to have enough boundaries, but you have to practice and you practice with the safe people. And you'd be mm. like, I have to tell you no. And this is the scariest thing ever. And then your safe people could be like, no, it's okay for you to say no. I will find somebody else to help me. Don't worry about it, you know? Yeah. Um, but but find your safe people because they're the ones, like don't practice on your like psychotic mother-in-law, whatever, because that's not going to be a good experience. That's right. <laughs> Set yourself up for success here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so true. Yep. Oh, I love it. Well, this conversation has been such a joy. It filled my cup up and I know that it's going to give all of the listeners some really good sort of like, ah, 
a deep breath. It feels like a deep breath. Like, okay, yes. I can just let go of a couple of things. Even if, even if you're listening and you just got like one nugget, like that's why you're here listening to this today is for that one piece. So go do that mm-hmm. one thing that caught your attention. And you know, they have this new thing on new year's instead of a resolution, you pick a word, like a, yes. a word that's a theme for the year. And I don't necessarily do that on new year's, but all of a sudden my life, especially going into menopause, hundred miles an hour is nourish. And like, mm whatever that nourish relationships nourish with really yummy food nourishing food not yummy food I should say that because like I think chocolate's really yummy but (laughs) but a nice stew is better Um, and um like nourish my spirit what do I need is maybe it's just sleep maybe I need to go to bed at six just to nourish my sleep or maybe I need to read a book or light a candle, you know, just how, what needs to be nourished in what area. And mm-hmm. that's been really guiding me. And I, I think I'm going to use that for the holidays too, is to just stay really nourished. So I don't, you know, when you go into like New Year's Eve, like just depleted, cause you're like, man, I'm partied out. I'm just gonna, whatever, start over, start fresh. I think that's why we do so many resolutions, you know, but, um, but yeah, imagine starting like just refreshed and nourished. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Such a good plan. I love that. I'm going to steal that one. That's really good. Everybody steal it. We'll be a movie. Steal it it away. (laughs) Hashtag nerf. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Love it. All right, Jill. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Yeah, this has been awesome. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Grow Like a Mother podcast this week. You can find more great tips, motivation, inspiration, and community on Instagram and Facebook at Grow Like a Mother on both platforms. And if you enjoyed today's show and wish that you had found it sooner, I invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. Doing so really helps promote the show to other moms just like you who want to grow and level up in their lives. And if you want to stay connected by email, I invite you to sign up for the email list by visiting the website, which is www.livingwithheart.ca, or diving into the free five-part video series that I recorded just for you. You can find all of the links and the details in the show notes. Until next week, keep on growing like a mother.